This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Sneak, we're in a week three. Are we just rolling now? Is this, are we back in the stride, back in the saddle, I guess? It does feel that way, you know, not only with the show, but with just football. I think we're still talking about the fact that it just hasn't been as exciting, as high flying as scoring in the NFL games. But I mean, we're heading into week three. I felt like week two, the the week one hype dissipated a bit and you're just kind of like, okay, now I'm now I'm into the week to week. I feel like that we're we're in that same boat with the show, uh, but that doesn't mean we're not going to bring the energy, the excitement, and the hoopla to your guys' listening ears every single time we do this. That's right. Big time high energy. Here we go. I'm here. Here we are. Yippee! Before we get into the news and like the updates from week two, because... Big crazy things happened. We got to start with a nonsense minute. And it'll be a quick one, but I think it's it was just something I was thinking about because not only did we have one kind of dud stinker of a game, I, I guess the, the Browns too wasn't that boring, but it was just like a defensive, couple defensive touchdowns, kind of kind of dumb affair. So I wanted to ask you, what's worse? A a boring dud Thursday night game, a boring dud Sunday night game. Or a boring dud Monday night game. Which of the primetime games is worse, in your opinion, to just have be a letdown? Because you know you're you're either starting the week a football bad, ending it bad, or you know the Sunday after the full slate of games can be bad. Like, what's the least fun, in your opinion, in those scenarios? Oh my gosh, bro, that is an excellent question. Oh my, what a what a great question here. I'm thinking, I think right now. Uh, it would have to be Monday because Sunday during the day, you're usually, it's usually, you know, you've got so many games, it's always super exciting. And then you go straight into Sunday. And if it's not as exciting, then you're like, well, I just had a crazy Sunday worth of games. It's, it's okay. But Monday, You've, your Sunday is over. You've gone back to work. You've got a work day under you, and you're like, oh, man, I get football again. It's one game to focus on. You know, whether you had a good or bad day at work, you're usually, like, still hyped up from the weekend a little bit, and you're like, all right, perfect. I want a good Monday game. So I think for me, if it's boring and a letdown on Monday, you're just like, oh, okay, well, am I even going to, like, finish the game? Am I going to just watch half of it? Am I going to go about doing other things and then just look towards the next week? So my my answer would be Monday. I think you're absolutely right. It's got to be Monday. And the big reason, the one that you mentioned is, you know, it's after work. Like, you, you're back, back after the weekend. You had your football fun, and you're like, I want one more thing to just kind of, like, be uh, be something I can enjoy before the rest of the week. Maybe you have some hope for your fantasy matchup still on a Monday night. And if it's boring, low scoring, and you don't get any of that, it's just, oh, I think it's the worst letdown of the three for sure. Yeah, definitely. But I do hate the Thursday night because then it's like, you know, you're, you're trying to kick off the week right. We're trying to predict the game right or wrong on, on air. And, you know, it's just like 
well, I got to go back to work Friday. And then I got to wait, what, three days for football instead of being hyped over whatever happened on that Thursday. I think we've just been accustomed recently to Thursday night games kind of being that way. You know, the players have been on record and not liking it short turnaround from their, their Sunday games or what have you. So I think it's just easier to accept that it could be a not like a, you know, a bad game, but this last Thursday, the Vikings and Eagles game, it only, it didn't necessarily maybe feel exciting, but there was a lot of points scored and a lot of yards and a lot of fantasy implications. You know, everyone, everyone that was in that game basically had a good fantasy day. So maybe we're on to better pastures on those Thursdays. Who knows? That's true. We've got, I think, an interesting one coming up. We'll, we'll get there, though. But week two, my big headline, my big takeaway is, man, another tough week for injuries yet again. Like, we talked about it after week one. Had a, had a few guys ruled out, placed on IR, like Deontay Johnson. Um, Eckler got ruled out late Saturday. Like So we knew those going in. But then on Sunday, Anthony Richardson gets a concussion and comes out. Um, Amon Ra goes in and out. He looks like he might be a little hobbled with turf, though. Maybe not that bad. But then, of course, Monday night, the big one is uh, poor Nick Chubb. His knee gets absolutely destroyed, uh, disgusting fashion. And just just sad to see because I don't think anyone's like a Nick Chubb hater out there. Like everyone likes Nick Chubb. We all know Chubb. It's really sad to see uh, an injury that bad for him. Yeah, brutal injury. Just that one of those top 10 running backs year in and year out. And you just hate to see it. And really, like you mentioned, and what we said before, there are a lot of big names are getting injured. They were getting injured in the preseason. They were getting injured week one, now into week two. A lot of the big names are going down for multiple weeks. And then there's still reports coming out that a lot of these people, they you know, you know, you bring up Eckler. I think they went on record to say that, like, they don't know when he's coming back. And you're just seeing a lot of injuries happen to the names that you're used to relying upon in fantasy. And now a lot of people's rosters, depending on how you drafted, how you structured your team, you're just without these top one and two round picks or dynasty players that you've held on to for years and you just accustom them being there. So it's, it's weird. It's definitely a brutal start to the year. We got to hope for this week to just settle down with the injuries and get back to some sense of normalcy. And then all these people that aren't all these players that aren't out for the year, just to get back and give us a good solid rest of the year performances for fantasy teams. All around the globe. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't even, like, I touched on some of the big names that came off the top of my head. But, yeah, there, there's a lot right now. And, you know, it's probably about the same amount over the course of a season. We see these things and we see high ankle sprains or any backs miss a game or two. But right off the bat, it just it just feels rough. And I think that's, you know, when you look at the rankings of who the top, some of the top players are, like, you know, yes, some of the guys, these guys have had a few good weeks, but to your point, a lot of the names that we're accustomed to seeing there hovering around are, are not there. They're not going to be there for a bit. So uh, I saw a funny thing too, like the Cowboys defense is the number three scoring fantasy, uh, I guess, player this season. So <laughs> <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> But, you know, maybe brighter days ahead for all of us. Uh, I do want to talk about it because it's a big thing. And I guess by the time that everyone hears this, 
waivers and all your plans have already run, but what are we going to do about the Cleveland backfield now that Nick Chubb's out for the season? Um, Jerome Ford looked really good in relief on Monday night, but in case everyone hadn't seen it, the Browns did sign Kareem Hunt, so he's back. He knows the team. He knows the system. Um, however, they did let him go um, in the offseason, so obviously they were not high on him. They were not prioritizing using him this year. And then they had traded for Pierre Strong, who got a little bit of run on Monday, scored a touchdown as well. So um, I, I don't want to say like a crowded backfield. I think we know how it's going to shake out. But what's what's your take on it? Like the people that had Jerome Ford already or maybe spent up big on him for Fab or with waivers, should they be concerned about the Kareem Hunt thing? Um, is it more of a depth play or is Kareem Hunt maybe just going to Again, with his familiarity and with his pedigree, is he going to take hold of that backfield? What, what's the sneak take on the Cleveland Browns? And you are a big Ohio guy, so this is your territory. Yeah, initial thoughts are, I just don't think I really want to care about this backfield at all. I don't think Ford or Hunt or anybody else in there is going to make any sort of difference for your fantasy team. Now, it might be a little naive to say because we know that offense is very run-heavy, they're very, you know, control the clock, control the ball, no turnovers. But I said this in the beginning of the year in one of our offseason shows or something. Are you going to see what Deshaun Watson can do? He's not. He's already showed you that in week one he can do pretty good. In week two he can do pretty bad. So you've only got to – and then last year, what, nine games or seven games, whatever it was, mixed bag. You're giving him so much money. You got Amari Cooper. You know, and Jokey was getting a bunch of praise this offseason about he's going to be good finally or what have you. I think as your number two and number three with Peoples Jones and Elijah Moore, I just think you got to go out there and say, we're going to scheme to Deshaun Watson here, and the running game is going to be a compliment to that. You know, short yards, pick em ups, maybe goal lines, whatever have you. I think you're fine playing Ford or, or Hunt as maybe your two slash three running back or whatever you're team needs that week and you'll probably be fine and there's probably a good floor of like you know an eight to ten point or somewhere but for me the sneak take is i just don't think i want anything to do with the backfield i'm just gonna that's how i, I that's how i view it i mean if you got to play him play him but i just don't know if you should expect a lot i think they've got to change their offense now with chubb's gone i don't think they can just put anybody back there i think they've been that way because chubb's been so consistent i think you got to say Maybe we got to throw the ball a little more. Maybe we got to open this thing up, three wide receiver sets, you know, whatever it may be, and start working with a lot more uh, Deshaun Watson skills here. And that's how I see it going. All right. I like Jerome Ford. I think he's good. I, you know, I drafted Chubb in Snake League and then I reached probably for Ford, um, thankfully. But yeah, I mean, I think the Kareem Hunt thing does complicate it a bit, but. I do like Ford. Uh, I like that you pivoted to Deshaun, though, because, man, did he look bad on Monday night. Like, turnovers at the wazoo. The first pick wasn't his fault, but just, like, the fumbles and, um, I don't know, the the guy that we saw in Houston before all the allegations and everything, you know, seemed worthy of that big, huge guaranteed contract that you mentioned. But uh, I don't know if it's just the time off and, and not – you know, having to have process and played at NFL speed more than like half the year of last year. I don't know. It just, 
I mean, Something it could be safe to say that that Deshaun Watson from Houston is gone. I mean, he was a gunslinger. He was he had probably better options, you know, at least with the DeAndre Hopkins years. And I don't know. I just, you could maybe just say he's gone. He got his money. He's in a different system. He's in a different city, different mentality. And he maybe you could just make the case. Maybe you can make call make that call right now. That Houston Deshaun Watson is gone. He's going to be a glorified mid-tier style quarterback with a name that you can you can harken back to you know two or three years of like high flying offense maybe it's just gone maybe that's just the reality of it he's just going to be a middle tier style quarterback that you can fantasy wise you're maybe going to get like 20 point games from him i don't know yeah i don't know Steelers defense is good obviously so take that into account he looked pretty mobile at least <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean, is he? Th- I, d- I didn't even really know, just, watch much of that game, and I didn't don't really remember week one. I we're we're, pro- we're ranting way too much about Deshaun Watson here, but is he even like throwing bombs? Are they running plays where there's deep crossers and there's go routes and like I mean, in Houston he was he was throwing. I felt like he was throwing deep a lot. He was throwing deep crosses, 20, 30, 40 yard gainers. Is it is that happening in Cleveland? I'm not even paying attention. I mean, I don't. Off the top of my head, I don't remember a lot of those shots being taken. I think some of it was, you know, he would drop back and get pressured. So that never developed. He never got a chance to to uncork it if he was going to, like the people's Jones or something. But um, no, I'm not. I didn't see a lot of big plays. We could probably like look at that, but we're not big on stats. I just don't. Yeah, we hate. I don't stats. think they. I don't think they have had a lot of big completions this year. So um, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe. Again, Steelers bringing the pressure. I think Monday night too. TJ Watt became like the Steelers' all-time sack leader or something too. Like some he hit some milestone. So I bet they were like trying to bring a little extra in that game and let that happen. But yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll have to see. But I think you made a good point in saying that the old Deshaun might be gone. It just might be, you know, it's the next phase of his career where he's not someone that you count on to to win you games necessarily on his own. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's get into the power ranks. I feel like yeah. we're moving fast, but we kind of need to. Um, so we'll do the week three right now. Some pretty big shakeups. And let's get into it, as always, from bottom to top. At number 12, the, the least surprising thing. Scummy bringing up the rear. Number 11, falling a couple spots, is Matt. Number 10 is Hesse. Number 9, Big Sneak. Number 8, Smith Ben 08. Number 7 is Gooch. And then hitting up the, the top half here, Doug climbing up to number 6. Eric falls to 5. Brandon falls to 4. Wade in his normal range at 3. And then look at this. Big T at number two, and the number one power rank team for week three, Jimbo, the White Knight. (laughs) The White Knight has finally made it to the top of the mountain with his sword gleaming in the sun. Uh, You love to see it. After last week going up against Ernie, we all called it. We all said this is the time to make his move, and he stepped up to the plate and hit an absolute home run. Love to see Jimbo in the number one spot. 
Yeah, and here's the thing for Jimbo's team. Where, where I was dinging him the most was that wide receiver core. But it looks like Nico Collins is going to be pretty steady in that offense. You know, pepper with targets, being successful with them. And then how about the, the surprise of the year so far? Puka Nakua, Jim's favorite guy, his his target in that third round that he owned. And, you know, he's just probably over the moon about making that pick and hitting on it. And Puka, I mean, at least for two more weeks until Cooper Cup comes back, you know, that's the soonest he can come back. Puka is going to be a, a locked you know, top 12 receiver just because of the, the target share and what he's doing with it. So um, obviously changes the the perception of Jim's wide receiver production and is what kind of vaulted him a couple more spots for me than when I voted. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. Hitting on some of those receivers, his running backs, they have explosive capabilities. They have pretty high floors and, and work being done there. Uh, he's, his team is just rounding into form. He's been working on it. You love to see a manager making trades, making drafts. Uh, working on players, finding free agents. And and this is what happens when you put some effort into your team. We've said this in past seasons and past shows. Sometimes it happens overnight. Sometimes it's a couple years of working and and moving and shaking. And and Jimbo has done it uh, to get himself currently, at least for now, up at the top spot, taking down Ernie, who has been our perennial top player, uh, for the last two years uh, and and knocking him down the spots here to number five. Uh, I'd like to continue to talk through some of these rankings scum. We got, I mean, we might. Yeah. Well, keep... let me, I don't, yeah, I don't mean to cut you off. I think where you're going to go is you're saying, you know, put in a little effort maybe it happens overnight, surprise some people. I think that's what we're going to say about big T, right? Our number two team. Exactly. Exactly. You know, he he had, had, yeah. He built ahead, a scum. lot of that depth. Yeah, he built a lot of that depth last year with some running backs that were um, lower drafted, less high profile in the NFL draft, but they've they've kept their roles and he's been able to hit on them and then just taking his his two early lottery picks this year, going Gibbs and Addison and hitting on those two. The Kirk and Addison stack was big for him last Thursday, and Addison's only gonna get better, get more involved, you know. He had that long bomb and, and wasn't it looked like he wasn't gonna be that involved prior to that. So, you know, I think that that connection is just gonna grow. And yeah, big T's in the mix, I think. He's you know, he's had a easier um he's had some easier matchups to start the season, but his points are up there with, with some of the big dogs. So I think he's gonna he's gonna be in this mix for sure. For, yep, hit it hit it right on that exactly where I was going there. You know, T has been doing the work as well through the draft building with his young players and they are producing uh it's just it's you love to see it you know our very first league winner from many many ages ago uh has been down in the depths uh with various partners these last couple years and now he's climbing himself back up to the top and i love to see that as well yeah like you said addison is hitting um his, you know then he's got he's got players like Kirk cousins who can throw up 40 he's got DK, who's a little up and down, but you know, should have give you steady floors. Uh, he's just got a good mixture, in my opinion. And that's you know, you can look at a lot of teams the way that they're constructed, but if you got a good little mixture of young producing slash explosive slash whatever it may be type players, you're bound to 
uh, continue to just become better and better. And I love to, I love to see T there at the top and I'm, I'm eager to see what he can do uh, with his coming matchups and put together a big string of wins and maybe just solidify himself as a playoff team this year. Yeah. I mean, making those two wins at the start of the season is, is major. And that's where I was going to go next. We've got some Oh and two teams. We've got some two and O teams, which from that group is the most surprising to you. And, you know, I'll throw out some, some candidates. I think, you and Gooch and Matt at 0 and 2 are all very surprising. I think Ben is probably the most surprising 2 and 0 team. So, which of those is concerning to you, surprising to you? Uh, you know, going to continue the trends. You know, where do you want to take that? I'll, I'll leave it up to you. I'll quickly say that I'm a little surprised about my team. I thought my receivers were going to carry me to some wins to get big numbers. I was expecting. You know, I was I'm banking and I was hoping that my receivers were going to throw me 20 points a game, you know, with but with Garrett Wilson losing uh, Rogers and with London not getting any opportunities and Pittsburgh just not being as good as maybe we thought they were going to be after the preseason. So I'm a little little surprised that I'm not a little bit more competitive and at least gotten a win yet here. And I guess I would have to say Matt's team, just because in the beginning of the year, you said Diggs, Devontae, Herbert, Ramondre, uh, you know, those are got players that should just always do good for you. Then Matt made the trade uh, to get rid of Diggs and go to get younger with QJ down the line, which could prove to be good. But he's just his team, you know, I think he was expecting Gibson to play a really heavy receiver role in the B enemy office in Washington. That's not seen to be happening. So that that would be my two surprises. You know, I don't. It, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm there with you. I'll just talk about the other ones we we mentioned. Ben at two and zero, especially what he was missing and what he in the trade they made. You know, that's pretty um, impressive on his part. You know, not having running backs, but actually this past week he pieced it together with Josh Kelly, who didn't do that great, but got you know some work, and then he plugged in. Oh, yeah, Zach Moss, who came back from that injury, dominated the Colts' backfield and put up 24 for Ben. So, again, he he hasn't had the toughest schedule either, but sitting at 2-0, you know, that's, that's definitely going to keep him relevant for the next, you know, quarter of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree. Like, Ben sitting at 2-0 is a surprise, especially after the trade. And the way we uh, just kind of thought with the injuries with that team, uh, I was gonna I was gonna say something about Gucci's team, but you know he loses Barkley, he's gonna get mediocre quarterback play. Uh, Hopkins isn't I isn't doing what I think maybe he thought he would do in Tennessee, and I I didn't think he would do anything in Tennessee, but Hopkins isn't doing helping his case. Kittle is definitely not having the start well he's having the start of the year that Kittle always has I suppose <laughs> at some point he'll have a game or two where he gets like a couple touchdowns and then it'll be like he's the greatest thing ever but you know how I feel about Kittle so I guess really if you really want to say I think you and I are agreeing here we're kind of surprised by everything that's going on right now like we're surprised yeah. at the teams that aren't doing what we thought they were do we're surprised at the teams that are better than what we thought so it's just and I like that. I don't, I think in years past, there's been 
a level of surprise, a level of like, huh, this team, and it's maybe like we can always say like, oh, this team isn't performing. But this year it's been, <clears throat> it's been a lot of it. I think it's the most surprising two weeks that we've had so far to where saying, boy, did we see T and Jimbo being one and two after week two in our power rankings? I think we, I think we could both say that we didn't expect that. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially, you know, with, before bias hit and all that, like this should have been the easiest, you know, four or five weeks with power rankings where the beginning of the year rosters and how we evaluated them. Well, if, if those players would have met those expectations and done what they thought we would have had those rankings kind of be steady, but clearly has not happened. Injuries play a role, all that yada, yada, yada. We've gone over, but like you said, I like the surprise. I like the fun, just kind of disruption of what we've seen for the past couple of years. And um, you know, I hope it continues. I'm ready for a topsy-turvy kind of season. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. You know, talking, just kind of continuing on a little bit with the power rankings here. You know, you, you've got me higher. We, the, the committee decided that I'm a little higher than I thought I was. I've mentioned it before. My team is just not performing, and I don't think it's going to perform up to expectations. So if I, keep put, if I can't put together a couple wins here, I'm probably going to be down there with you at the bottom. Uh, I do expect, I think I mentioned this in the, either the first week episode or somewhere early, or, you know, recently where I do believe Matt's a trade candidate to kind of bolster his team. I don't think he's going to just accept being at the bottom. He's not going to accept just losing week in and week out with some of the pieces that he has. Um, and not and we're sitting either. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have his pick. Uh, interesting to see what what Brent, you know, Brendan and Ernie do here, sitting at the uh, four and five spot. Uh, we'll get into the matchups this week, but I think you know it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, I think there's a chance that Ern might just if he's not going to get Burrow, Jamar Chase production, and his running backs seem to just not be with Eckler being out and with Najee not performing. Who who else does he have? Who who else has he got? I mean, Mixon is you know Mixon very, very mediocre. Montgomery is looking like an okay backup play, but he's hurt now. So I wouldn't be surprised if Ernie, at least Kenny until Walker there's there's healthy or we see a big Burrow Jamar game, could find himself in that middle power rankings for a, for a while, which would be very surprising with the the way that he's performed last couple of years and what his team team does here like you mentioned i'm surprised with 08 sitting at 2 and 0 you expect him to probably start to put together some losses uh at some point with the way the team is constructed uh wade losing chubb he's got to wait for kamara and and uh taylor to start playing to be to really and that could that's at least week 4 so his receivers better hold him, Tyreek and Waddle and CD, which very capable of. And you know, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, whoever he plays, could definitely make take up the slack depending on who Wade is matched up that week. Uh, and we brought this up last week, and I'm gonna have to just bring it up again. And we might have to talk about it for a minute or two. Doug's team is performing way better than what we thought. Yeah, that's off the back of Kyron Williams for sure. Like what what a pick in like the the fourth round, fourth or fifth round. Uh, didn't think he was going to be the direct backup to Acres. 
nobody saw this whole acre situation coming. So he's sitting on, you know, a current top 12 back. And if they continue to use him in the same way, that's, that's going to be huge for Doug. That's my biggest, yeah. like, uh, player surprise this year. Even more than Puka, more than two. two. Wait, what is up with the Rams? The Rams just threw me for a loop, I guess. <laughs> the Rams threw, I think, everyone for a loop. You assumed that they were going to already be sort of bad without the Cooper Cup injury. And then you're like, okay, they're putting them on IR. The season hasn't even started yet. Maybe they just say, we're, we're screwed. We're going to do whatever. We're going we're gonna to pack it in. We're going to try to maybe get a pick here. I think whatever, you know, but they just threw out there and they said all of a sudden, oh, yeah, me- member Tutu, we drafted him like three years ago. He's going to go out there and catch a bunch of passes. This new guy, Puka, like I'd never even heard of him until you brought him up in one of our early preseason shows. And even then I was like, I don't even know what these you're saying, this <laughs> word, this name you're saying. I'm just going to completely write it off. But Stafford's going out there and just slinging it. Stafford is, is healthy, which you like to see that. He's a, always been a gunslinger. He's always been able to work with, you know, outside of outside of Calvin Johnson. He's always been able to work with random receivers and, and bring out the most of them. So, yeah, the, the Rams alone have been very surprising. Uh, like you said, Doug is taking full advantage of that. That Kyron Williams again. I I don't even I don't even want to know who he is. I still <laughs> have no. I haven't done any research. Classic scum and sneak show. But I'm just like, who is this guy? And why is he like the number one running back? It's just been surprising. We I think we thought out of Doug's team. We're like, okay, Derrick Henry. If he, as long as he gets his 25 carries and he's getting them per usual, we're every least this year was maybe our first real year where we're like, is Derrick Henry still going to get 25 carries a game and still be fantasy viable? And sure enough, he is. And then, you know, James Conner with, with the Cardinals that, you know, going into this year, it was like, he is a safe redraft fantasy pick. He was going Mm -hmm. to be, you know, he's going to get all the work, even if it's not the most extremely productive work, but Arizona is like weirdly like they're playing And I think it comes down to it's got to be the coach, right? Come over from Philly. He's an offensive-minded guy. And we've seen that that maybe has Philly's offense is a little – it's definitely different than last year. And Arizona's kind of almost playing like the way that the – which obviously they're playing the way the Eagles played last year. They're the same types of plays, the same types of routes for receivers and backs and that energy and that go, that go, go, go type. So – you know, the Arizona coach got all this crap in the offseason with his, like, ho-hum kind of mentality and, like, not being able to motivate. It's like, what's going on here? And then there you have it. Like, the Cardinals have been weird. And there's a lot of weird stuff so far. We're just going to keep saying it until that's just the normal this year or that's – or something. The new normal, yeah. It's the, yeah. <laughs> I do think I think Gannon was the defensive guy for the Eagles, but I like your point. Like there is kind of like this. Oh, was he? Um, <laughs> okay. Well, that makes that whole point stupid. <laughs> well, there's still like this like energy. I think you know it doesn't come across when he talks, but he brought some kind of like some kind of fire um, to the team because yeah, we thought they were just going to really roll over and go hard into the tank for Caleb. And I mean, like, they're still not, they're not good. They're not like necessarily surprising people win loss wise, but well, I mean, it's only been two weeks, but still, yeah, they're, they're competing more than, more than I thought. I thought they were going like, to roll over, especially with like Dobbs or Tune at quarterback. But no, there's, 
There's something there. They're not quitting. You know what? Neither is Scummy. Just so we didn't really talk about my team. <laughs> well, we'll talk about your team because Bijan Robinson nah, well, is the truth. Bijan's the man. He is he is the freaking man. He has lived up to the hype. He is getting he's being extremely efficient and putting together uh great stats with the opportunities that he's given. What is it? Getting like 75%, some big number of all the whatever those stupid statistics tell us, but yeah, Whatever he's, he's amazing. He's great. Uh, I love it. T Higgins bounce back. So, I mean, yeah, the guys that like, I don't have a lot of guys that are actually good, but they came to play this week. Still lost to play Ben, but um, you know, I like the fight. Like we're saying, maybe I'm, maybe I'm like Gannon. Maybe I'm kind of not the best speaker motivator, but we're still bringing a fun energy. Always got to bring that fun energy. Speaking of fun energy, let's take a break here and go into a fun ad, and then we'll come back. This week's episode of the Scum and Sneak Show is brought to you by Sneak Scenes. That's right, folks. Sneak Inc. is diving into the performing arts, and now we offer singing lessons. So if you want to learn how to sing and perform for your friends or your family or you're going into some different world of entertainment, come to Sneak Inc. where Sneak Sings will put you on the right path to get that voice, to get those harmonies, to get those octaves, to get that throat working nice and good for your singing skills. Sneak Sings is the newest subsidiary of Sneak Inc. We're here to get you ready to sing. Sneak Sings! And we're back! And apparently I, or not apparently, I definitely need Sneak Sings. What a great offer <laughs> from the Sneak Inc. board. I cannot wait to take advantage of that, especially jumping past a couple holidays but christmas is coming up and we're going to be caroling so i need some sneak things (laughs) gotta get your caroling voice set up we got you covered oh boy speaking of christmas we're getting way ahead of it but the hallmark lineup dropped yesterday i don't know if you saw it i didn't see it we got some bangers setting out there we got we got some good ones i take a screenshot of my favorite one i'll send it to you oh yes dude i'm freaking excited that's a future nonsense, man, for sure. Future nonsense, man, for sure. I mean, I'm. A, I think we between the both of us, we average, a, what, fifteen to twenty Hallmark movies a year, easy. Oh, easy, easy. What's uh, what's Christmas in Helena going to be like? I mean, we're on a tangent. I don't care. Uh, you know, what, I think what, like, you know it's going to be. It's going to be for one. It's going to be very cold, snowy, and icy. But I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of festivities downtown. You know, a lot more. Um, there might even be some freaking plays and stuff we can go to. So I'm excited to see. I mean, it's going to be, I haven't had a Christmas in Helena in five years. And last time I did it, I just uh, drank beer in my apartment by myself. So. <laughs> I mean, beer's good. I'm sure we'll see some, we'll hear about some of that around Christmas time too. Definitely. Cool. All right, let's get into these matchups. Week three. Um, we got some fun ones this week, especially this one. Starting off with just a banger of a number 12 Bijan Robinscum team 
versus the number 11 ranked my team is gay boy this matchup is going to be very fun to think about to talk about to watch about uh like we just I mean, mentioned big implications someone's getting their first win of the season yes unless we tie which you know maybe that's what i predict we'll see we'll get there let's see here Current projection, so my team is gay to uh, get the win. Uh, but Bijan against Detroit, I'm expecting a good 25-pointer from, from him there. Uh, gosh, trying to see nope. what else I can do for your team here. <laughs> what hurts my team is I I expect Anthony Richardson to to sit this week. You know, with a concussion, they're they're raw, they're young highly drafted quarterback you know they don't want to to risk this they don't want to tua him this year right so mm-hmm. i'm gonna guess he's gonna sit so that leaves me with either pickett or stafford um and they're both in, in decent matchups but also they're both you know lower end options not as not as good as my boy ar who was on pace for monster week last week before he got concussed so that that probably you know that would have been my chance i think and then going to one of those two is what's going to be the nail in the coffin. Also, I put Pierre Strong in the lineup. Uh, we talked about him earlier. I thought he might get some of that secondary work behind Jerome Ford, but now with Kareem Hunt there, probably not. And then, you know, Matt's, Matt's guys should bounce back. Herbert's been pretty steady this year. Uh, Devontae is looking like he's coming back into form a little bit. And then Mooney put up a zero last week. You, you think that's going to improve, but I guess do you want to do you want to do Justin Fields talk now in relation to Mooney, or do you want to wait for your team? Because uh, we're going to have to talk about Fields. Yeah, let's just talk about him real quick because I do have him not in my lineup this yeah, week. Yeah, okay. I'm giving him a break. Uh, he's just not performed. He's not lived up to any sort of hype. He's not running enough. He's not getting the rushing numbers. Uh, you know, he'll get a couple every now and then a good pass or two and uh, DJ Moore was, you know, getting some yardage going, I think was it last week. And yeah, uh, this past week was better for him. Yeah. So yeah, with Matt in, in terms of, in terms of Mooney, you got to try to find someone else to play. Which I mean, of, of the positions receivers, the one that you can find and piece together a little easier, but yeah, the big thing about Fields, like you mentioned, he's not running enough for fantasy, but that's what we were counting, or maybe me, that's what I was counting on, being mm-hmm. um, a big believer in him, and you know, I actually don't have him on any team, so yeah, I'd probably like that out there. But he has seemed to regress as a passer. Like he, He's holding on to it way too long. He was already taking too many sacks. Like That was a big knock on him before, and, and now it's just become worse. Coaching is not helping him. There's a lot going around right now from this past week where they ran like the same screen pass two times in a row or something. So, you know, that's that's like high school level play calling. Um, they're not doing themselves any favors. Fields is not helping himself. The coach staff is not helping himself. And, and the Bears organization is just probably looking at it with with some real real sweat right now. I don't even know what else to say, but it's just, it's just not good, not what's myself and some others had had envisioned for for young Justin. No, I mean I envision for him to be I envision for him to have a step forward with with passing. It's it's not even that he's he's just not making good decisions when he's pass when he's back there 
in in run or in throwing passing situations and not enough designed runs. And last year it was like he was breaking off these massive runs when the pocket collapsed and he was getting rushed yeah. and was able to get away and just and then just outrun everybody. But they're playing him differently this year. So I guess you have to design runs for him, but he all what made his bread last year was his ability to escape when everything broke down and it was like the defense just wasn't ready for it or whatever and he just was able to bust off 50 yard gainers and that was what was putting him over the top fantasy wise without that and without him being a better decision maker in the passing game i mean i was expecting a a decent year out of cole Komet, you know being a lifeline for him especially in the red zone Komet's being a monster that he is Mooney, he's a deep threat guy, but if Fields gets set back there and get him the ball, then he's turns into worthless. And then DJ Moore, all of his stuff is all screens and short passes, and DJ Moore's out there making defenders miss. So quick Justin Fields segment is over. He is just not doing it right now, in our, and I just don't know if he will. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to talk about Fields this week just because a lot of eyes on him, obviously. Um, it's feeling pretty bleak, but again, like we talked about with Deshaun, like maybe we're overreacting a little too early. Like, let's see how it plays out. But yeah, it's just not, not what you thought you were getting, you know, for you having people in the dynasty for people that drafted him. So, uh, tangent over back to the matchup. You brought up map, you know, counting on Antonia or, or having these ideas for Antonia this year. Looks like he's bailed on that and he's going double buff. South Dakota Buffalo going Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, the the touchdown scorers at least in the backfield for the Bills. So what do you think about that? I mean, probably better plays than Antonia, but how are you how are you liking the the option of just two two Buffalo guys? Better options than uh Gibson and then uh but yeah if he can get a touchdown out of each of them and then it works but he's that's what he's playing for there they're not none of them are going to put up yards or put up you know anything other than potential score so uh matt's going to get the win this week uh scum you are going to go zero and three matt gets his first win and then maybe that spurs him on to see what he can do to try to bolster that that team all right Next, we've got Hesse's 10th-ranked bird-a-not-lose team versus the White Knight, the number one-ranked team, Jimbo's Don't Puka the Bear. Great name, Jim. Hesse, I don't, you must not be listening to the pod recently. We requested <laughs> that all teams at least change their name once, get something new in here. Uh, so please take our advice and our mandate and get your name changed. But... This one is an easy call for me. Our white knight Jimbo stays at the top, gets another win. Uh, I would almost caution, not caution, I would almost think as Jimbo to maybe try to get C.J. Stroud in there, maybe try to. But I was just saying, you know, same thing with Watson. Maybe Watson needs to, I keep saying maybe, uh, Watson needs to just go out there and throw it. So, But it doesn't matter because with Pollard, Etienne, uh, big possibilities for explosions there. Uh, Nico Collins has turned into a you know uh, a big target, big reception type player. Unless Hesse gets another 
massive Mike Evans game and a massive Lockett game, his running backs can't match uh, Jimbo's and his Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews stack. I suppose it could be good for one touchdown, but that offense isn't like very explosive right now. If it, so it, you know, you, he's just going to get pedestrian. I think he's going to get pedestrian numbers out of Lamar. And again, if he gets a touchdown and, you know, a little bit on Mark Andrews, so be it. But it's just not enough for, because Jimbo's team has the, it has the floor of a top scoring and it has the ability to just go over the top with any one of his players, uh, in, you know, especially running back getting big, big scores. So Jimbo, uh, you know, we can't go away from you right now. You're going to get your third win, go three and zero. Depending on else, what happens with all the other matchups, most likely you're going to see yourself staying at the top. Yeah, not much to say there. Jimbo's absolutely going to win. Our white knight at number one is going to put on his helmet, put on his breastplate, take out his big, long sword, and absolutely <laughs> just whip Jesse. And actually, this is the blowout of the week. Best coming sneak blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Let's go. This is the blowout of the week. The blowout of the week, baby. Jimbo is going to sing his way to the blowout of the week and solidify himself as the top dog in the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League. Got to point out to a little bit of reverse stack action. We got Lamar to Zay Flowers. And, yes. Uh, is this our already. first reverse stack of the year? I think so. Uh, we haven't We haven't seen one yet. Um, Odell's dealing with something like he always is. Bateman's already kind of fading into the background. So the Lamar to Flowers connection is still just going to continue to blossom. And, you know, any anything that's not going to Andrews uh, is probably going to go to Flowers. So it's going to um, – Kind of mitigate anything that that Hesse gets there. I love the reverse stacks. I love them. Moving on to the City Boys matchup: Gucci's soft tissue rehab team, number seven, versus the fifth rank, kind of limping along, Joe Marchuro. How do you see this one shaking out, Scam? Well, without without Saquon, you know, as as the big gun for Gooch, we're gonna we're gonna lean Earn, but definitely closer than we would ex- have expected. Looking at this matchup early on, uh, I think Burrow will probably play. I'm guessing, even though he's got the questionable tag, I think he's gonna gut it out. Always a big matchup with the Bengals, or always a big um, point of emphasis for Ernie watching the Bengals. Is this is this going to be our first like big time Jamar game this season? It feels like he's due. What do you think? I mean, it feels like he's due, but this also could be something weird that we're seeing with the Bengals. Not they're just they might just have a bad year. I maybe there's maybe there's something else going on there that we're not aware of that might come out at some point because what, the Ram, they play the Rams this week. Yeah. Uh, They don't have the best defense, but they don't have the worst. I mean, maybe the Rams come out there. If the Rams come out and get pressure on Burrow and shut down Jamar Chase, then you're like, okay, 
you just have to say this is a bad year. This is a down year. This is just a not going to happen type situation. And I was leaning now you're you're we're, we're going to give this is what we're going to do. We're going to give the edge. We're going to give the win. We're going to say that Ernie bounces back and he from his loss and he just gets his win. I was almost leaning to say that maybe from what we've been talking about, you know, we for the last couple of years, it's been Ernie's been the best team. He's had the best players. He's it's just crazy, whatever, all these things. But now with the injuries, with the underperformances, there's room to make the case that maybe something is at the very least one year or half a year or first couple of games, you can say this team is just not, this is not as good as what it has been. So I was like, maybe he just puts together a string of losses, finds himself in the middle to the lower end of the power rankings. And then in Ernie fashion has to either accept it and just hope his guys come back or goes out there and starts to make some deals and says, just retools for whatever. Maybe he doesn't have to do a full rebuild. Don't get me wrong. He doesn't have to do anything too drastic, but maybe he does something to say, I need, I need a younger, better type running back that I need someone to replace the failures of Najee and the old possible breaking downs of Eckler and Mixon being like taking the pay cut probably his last year in, in Cincinnati. Like he's got it. Maybe that happens. So for matchup wise right now, we're going to say, and we're going to be confident that Ernie's going to get his win. Definitely going to be closer. The city boys will be going back and forth this, this week. Uh, you know, Gooch might be without Ayuk on Thursday night. So he's got to hope Keenan Allen, and like I just mentioned, maybe DeAndre Hopkins finally gets a game where he gets a touchdown or gets maybe a 10-catch type DeAndre Hopkins game. With Saquon being out, yeah, you know, I don't like that. Uh, so it's just going to be a lot – it's going to be very close. But the slight edge goes to Ernie, and that's who we're picking to win. Yeah, I mean, definitely a winnable game for Chase. You mentioned I just thought about it because you're like, oh, you're going to go back and forth this week. Uh, neither of them is working, so I don't know what the city – finance department is in i think that's where they work so right? the city know. of las vegas finance department is just just shut down apparently for like 10 days give these guys a bunch of raises and they just don't show up to the office anymore apparently must but, be nice um i think where i think eric's gonna get a big boost from justin jefferson this week plays against that leaky leaky chargers defense that i've been talking about and i'm just you know that's not going to be fun to watch I do have Jefferson in a couple of weeks, so I guess that's kind of fun. But, um, you know, big game, big floor uh, potential there just to, like, help against any potential Bengals, clubs, or whatever. Um, Kenneth Walker looks like he's got a stranglehold still on that back roll. So, you know, some confidence there in him. And, um, you know, Gucci's best player. This season probably has been Brandon Ayuk, who's got a questionable tag too for Thursday night. So, um, short week, shoulder injury for a receiver. Even if he does play, probably not that productive. So, those those are the things that lead us to to lean earn. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> All right, big fun matchup here. We've got the reigning champ, number three ranked Guy Buttersnaps Wade's team versus the number six ranked. NBA greater than NFL, Doug's team, and I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Do you feel that up there in in Montana? Feel the rumbling? The wind, yeah, there has been some rumbling. The winds are starting to change. It's definitely colder. And I think that's just a harbinger 
of doom for Wade this week because this is the upset of the week. Scum and Sneak upset of the week? Scum and Sneak upset of the week. Upset of the week. Yeah, yeah. This is the upset of the week. The upset of the week. Yay. We've been talking about it. We've been ready. Doug team surprising us, coming out with strong plays. Um, Your boy Kyron Williams being a super steady running back. And then really what, what drives this is no chub for Wade. No Kamara yet, no Taylor yet. This is the last week that he doesn't have all three of them, but it's the week that that Doug can take advantage of it. Um, Projections are currently in Doug's favor because of that. And, you know, we're rolling with it. Doug gets a major win, builds some confidence. I saw he put in a waiver claim this week. He didn't win it, but he put a bid on. So there's there's some things going um, down there in Texas that that might be – you know, it might be um, a, a sign of things to come this season. Yeah, I, it just really comes down to Wade not having any running backs. And unless he's going to get 40 from Tyreek and 30 from CD and 25 from Waddle, and maybe, if you, I don't know who's playing in his flex these days, probably Mike Williams, unless Mike Williams catches a bomb touchdown and, Hurts or Josh Allen. I mean, he needs his whole, he needs those players to get massive points because of the deficiencies at running back. And I think Doug's just going to continue to do what he's been doing the last couple weeks. He's going to get this upset win. He's going to get it from Derrick Henry. He's going to get it from Tua. He's going to get it from who's it? Who's Doug even playing receivers? Uh, Debo. Christian Kirk, who had a, a bounce back game last week. And Debo with Ayuk maybe being out on Thursday, Debo should get a ton of more work. And with, not that it's like the biggest new needle mover, but Zay Jones got hurt. So Kirk is mm-hmm. definitely going to be that number two option. With Jeff. So like the, it's lining up for Doug DeMay to make this upset. We're calling the upset. You know, his players, they need to just perform. And Wade's players need to extremely outperform for Wade to beat this yeah. upset prediction. But we're putting it out there. Doug gets upset. He goes to three and zero. And is he three and zero? He'd be two and one. Uh, two and one. But yeah. Anyway, Doug's better than what we thought he was this year. He put up dang near one seventy last week. If he does that again, he gets the upset. And Wade can't can't ask for. Taylor and Kamara to come back fast enough. He made the trade. Go, I, like we had speculated last week. We assumed he's like, I'm making this trade. I'm going to go for the win. And then I'm going to probably sneak away into the sunset out of this, out of this league. He was expecting to have a three headed monster of Chubb, Jonathan, Chubb, Jonathan Taylor and Kamara. Now he's just got Taylor and Kamara, assuming they both come back fine and are, you know, decent top 15 running backs. And then with the receivers he has, but he needs those running backs fast because uh, if he loses this week and then he's still in one more week for Taylor, let's say Kamara's eased back in for whatever, maybe, or has a, you know, you could be looking at, you know, what's Wade's record right now? One and one? Two and oh. Oh, 
Well, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what the records are. <laughs> anyway, fine. He could be looking at two and two if he loses with no running backs these next couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, uh, we don't care about well, stats, and I apparently don't care about looking at even the records. What, of are, the what are even numbers? <laughs> what are numbers or any sort of defining what things that make up the actual things of this league. I don't know. I, I don't know anymore. Well, Schnee, guess what? We're on a roll, though, because we got a super reverse stack. Uh, we know Tyreek and Waddle on Wade's team, but Doug's rolling out Tua, who's been very good this year. And, you know, that that's good. That's the ultimate, like, help. If you're going up against Tyreek, like, obviously you're like, oh, it sucks. He's going to have 30 points. But at least you have Tua. So you're going to get some of that, too, on your side. Oh, yeah, ultimate reverse stack there with one of the top quarterbacks and, like, the top receiver, for sure. Waddle's dealing with a concussion, too. We'll see if he, we'll see if he plays. But that would also uh, definitely lead more towards the, the upset for Wade. All right, almost there. Next up, we got that number two ranked Jimmy Cook's team, Big T, versus number eight, Sawyer Payton. Smith Ben 08. A matchup of two and O teams. So someone's getting their first loss this week. Okay. All right. I'll they're both two and O. Now I know their records. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one, this one is an easy call for me. I'm just sticking with Big T. I'm sticking with their Alaska Nomad. I'm sticking with uh the Grant Mass Tour, the Grant Mass Tour of North Las Vegas. This guy's team is hot and ready for action going into week three and he's going to get this win his young bucks perform his big time name players perform matchups galore everyone is going to come up aces big t gets his third win continues to be up at the top of the power rankings and shows us that it is possible through hard work dedication patience and perseverance Mm. love to hear that yeah, you'd expect to um, kind of a come back to come back to Earth game from Zach Moss going up against the Ravens. Uh, Devonta Smith had a huge game last week, but yeah, I, I expect kind of some squeaky wheel from AJ Brown. So those those points get distributed a little more evenly. And uh, yeah, Ben's just still rolling out Paris Campbell as as a flex, which you never want to see. Never want to see that. So Big T's got options on options at running back. He'll he'll probably stick with these three: Gibbs, Rashad White, and James Cook. But you know, just just lots of lots of depth there, and we expect him to continue this surge up the ranks. I guess he can't go much higher, but he's surging anyway. He's gonna keep surging and surging Big, and surging. Big T, Surgeon General. That's what we call him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. And Sneak, let's wrap up the matchups with the number nine ranked Dark Brendan team versus the Do Nothing Commish hyper extension at number four. Do nothing commish. Mm. Yeah. You know, I'm not excited about my start to the year. Uh, and I'm not excited about my matchup I have this week. You know, I've been tooling tough schedule for you. the lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, I got mm-hmm. Dak in there this week. I'm putting fields on the bench. Uh, I don't know what to do in my in my flex. I don't know what to do with the likes of P. 
Pickens or JSN or which, you know, Brian Robinscum. See what I did there? <laughs> Big Brian. He's like a top five running back right now. So he's there. Uh, you know, do I try to hit on the young hand Roshan? Is he going to keep making his way into that lineup and getting his work? Do I, you know, is AJ Dillon just going to keep giving me that eight to 10? I don't know what to really do. And I don't know if it really matters because Brendan's team is very good. McCaffrey is on a roll. Uh, you know, he's he alone can pop off and probably outscore, you know, three or four of my my guys. So it don't really know if there's anything other than to say that Brendan's gonna get this win. And he might get this win on Thursday night with McCaffrey alone. Mm, yeah. Probably a big game coming for CMC against the Giants. You know, I still think I just I still think you've got a shot here. <laughs> I'm not I don't mean to laugh at that, but I I hear your point about trying to like tinker with the receivers. That's been your toughest thing. You know, you've left points on the bench in a couple matchups. Um, it's hard to say who's gonna go off, but I think you've got it right right now. Uh, with Deontay Johnson out, Pickens definitely became like the option. We we talked about Alan Robinson last week, like, oh, maybe is he gonna stay involved? Didn't really look like it. So, you know, if Pickens catches another bomb, you're in it. Yeah, Brandon's team has some pretty good matchups. I talked about how AJ Brown should bounce back. Uh Josh Jacobs hasn't been that great this year. So maybe you got a bit of a dud there, especially against uh I guess historically good Tampa run defense, maybe not so much this year, but you know, we'll we'll give the edge to Brandon. But kind of like what we talked about with Gooch and Eric before, we would have said, "Oh, it might be a bit of a walk." I think I think there's definitely more than a punter's chance in in this matchup. Well, I appreciate having a punter's chance, you know, in any in any matchup in life when you're talking about. The ability to do anything, whether it's to win a fantasy football matchup or, uh, you know, just to live. If you've got a punter's chance, then, then that's <laughs> always positive. I don't know. Well, that's the matchup this week. Um, we'll see what happens in week three. If you guys disagree, as always, just try to prove us wrong. Let's get into hopes and dopes and talk about being proved wrong. It was a rough week for us last week. I had Traylon Burks as my hope, and he basically met his projections. I talked about how I was banking on a big play, and he got one. He had like a 70-yard reception. He did. And that was about it, so uh, didn't really hit there. And then I said Debo was going to be a dope. Um, he did not dope. Had a touchdown, looked really involved. So I'm sitting on 0 3 and 1 on the season. Not good, not ideal. Okay. okay. You had Amon Ra as a dope, and we're going to give you that one. He only had like 13. He hit 100 yards, but he fumbled and didn't meet his projections. So uh, you were right there. But on your hope call of Zay Flowers, he kind of did the same thing that. Traylon did. He just met his projection. So we'll push. We'll give you a push there. So you're sitting on two, one, and one on the season. A little better, but you know we we've got more in us. I think we can definitely improve on that. I think so too. We definitely have room for improvement, and we have a punter's chance to improve it. 
we have a punter's chance to this week or to improve this week, like you said. Let me take a kick at it then. And my hope this week, you kind of touched on it. My hope is C.J. Stroud against the Jags, uh, division matchup, getting a little more comfortable, getting Tank Dell involved. Um, I think he's going to have um, a nice week just even trying to catch up with the Jags because I feel like they're going to bounce back from a bad performance last week. So Jimbo, White Knight, I don't think you need it, but put Stroud in there. And like we talked about in the group chat this week, you got to go big Tex, CJ, Nico, even Tank. You could throw Tank in there, I think, and just have a fun time and still blow out of the week. Oh, my gosh. Throwing out the big Tex with Stroud. I love it. Oh, I can't wait to see it happen. That is great. And then my dope this week is going to come from the Wade and Doug matchup. And I promise I'm not actually like trying to stay with our upsets and blows, but uh, it's just how it goes. And, and I'm sticking with quarterback and I'm kind of copying something you've done in the past. We're just going for a big name. We're, we're going to say Josh Allen's going to dope this week. Okay. I love a big name call. There you go, scum. Looking like a windy day in Washington right now. Uh, Chase Young is back, so a little bit more of a stronger defensive line. And honestly, we, you and I were both down on the Bills as a whole this year. So I think Josh Allen has another kind of heavy turnover game. I like the commanders to stay competitive in it. So maybe that helps Josh Allen. Like maybe he won't get pulled. But, yeah, I just don't think he's he's in for a big day. I don't think he'll hit that 27-point projection. So, Wade, if you're listening, I know you're not. Look at Jalen Hurts. You know, he's he's going to be a little more steady. But uh, Josh Allen, dope this week. I love a big-name dope call, uh, and I'm expecting to see it because Josh Allen is up and down so far through for the first two weeks. So maybe we're in for another down week. So great call there, Scum. <clears throat> All right, yeah. All right. My hopes and dopes. Usually every week they have to do with the reason for a win or the reason for a loss in a certain matchup. That is not the case this week. I went a different route. I just went after a hope and a dope that just doesn't have to do with any of the wins or the matchups going on. So my hope this week is from Gooch's team, and it is Javante Williams. Oh, I like that. Gooch doesn't have Saquon. So if Gooch is going to make this competitive, he needs Javante to have a good game. And some of the highlights that I've been seeing, he looks like he's capable of it if they just continue to give him the opportunities. So I'm expecting week three, the offense, whatever has you, Javante is going to have himself an awesome week. It's not going to make up for Gooch going to upset or beat Ernie. It's just I'm ex- I'm making a call here that Javante has a hope week and is a good, good call, good play this week. Uh, to make up for the the Saquon being out on Gucci's team, I like I like that answer. Oh, yeah, I like that call. Um, good matchup against the Dolphins. They're going to, I mean, need to try and score. I don't know if the Broncos are capable of it, being you know scoring efficiently. But um, <gasps> Dolphins gave up a huge day to Eckler. They didn't give up like a huge huge day to Ramondre, but Ramondre still scored. So I would expect Javante to score this week. Um, that's a good hope call. And my dope call, <clears throat> it's just it. It's not going to have any bearing on the matchup, but I've had a lot to say about this player in the offseason, and it just seems 
to where I'm either going to eat my words and I'm going to be proven wrong or I'm going to be proven right. And my dope this week is Jamar Gibbs or Jameer Gibbs, whatever, whatever his name is. There we go. Whatever, whatever his, his freaking Jamar? name is. Jamar Gibbs. I've been talking about he's not, he's not, was not worth the draft pick. They're going to play him weirdly. And they've kind of sort of played him weirdly already because of the, of David Montgomery being their kind of their lead back, their yards churning type, but he's hurt. And now a lot of people, T included, and a lot of people were expecting Gibbs to get an extremely expanded role and finally have him his week that is going to prove his draft capital. It's not going to happen. They're going to use him the exact same they've been using him, and he's going to have just a mediocre to a below average type game, and he's going to be a dope this week, and it is going to prove all of my slander correct. Now, if it's the opposite, then we'll say, okay, they should have been just, he needs to just be the lead back, but I just don't see it happening. So he's my dope this week. Sorry, T, you're still going to win, but he's, you're, everyone's thinking he's going to just all of a sudden become some workhorse back, get all more opportunities. It's just not going to happen. Thing. I love this wing there. I love that you're going back and trying to confirm your previous takes. And I like too that it's kind of contrary to what a lot of people are thinking because I, I agree with that. Like I don't think he's gonna get this massive like three down workload with Dave Montgomery out. Um, I think they're gonna just stick with what their typical plan is. That's what, that's what it seems like Dan Campbell does, right? So um, you know, maybe a little bit of increased usage, maybe he gets more opportunity, like goal line, uh, red zone type things. But, um, yeah, I, I like that you're just doubling down on what you're saying all off season and going for it. I got to doubling down sometimes. Well, that's our hopes and dopes this week. Hopefully I get my first call right on either end. <laughs> and uh, we just we just start a, uh, start a trend here, but. Let us know if you guys agree or disagree. We want to hear about it. We got to get on the horse at some point. Better, No better time than week three. Exactly. All right, Shane, we said this one was going to move quicker. It hasn't. We've ranted long and hard. So let's try to wrap it up here with America's favorite segment. It's come and sneak at the Thursday night game wrong. Except for we've been getting it right. We have been getting it right. So let's try to do it that this week. And I think I think we're both going to end up on the same side here. But it's Giants at the Niners. Um, the line right now on that ESPN is showing is minus 10.5 for the Niners. So heavy, heavy favorites at home. And I'm, I'm going to kick us off, and I'm going to stick with that. I think that um, they do win pretty comfortably. Um, the Giants <clears throat> have not looked right. They... I mean, they they kind of did better last week. They the first half looked terrible. Second half, they came back and won. But I think they kind of get rolled here. So I'm going to say Niners win thirty to fourteen. Thirty to fourteen Niners. Now we're not too good at the score, but that's hard. No. extremely hard to shoot to pick. But I'm going to stick with you on this one, Scum. I'm going to I'm going to say the Niners are going to get this win. It's going to be 23-16. Okay. Yeah, just no Saquon. Um, I don't know like, what else. What are they going to do? How are they going to try to win this game? You know, unless 
unless the loss of like, well, they haven't even ruled out Ayuk officially, but unless um, they really feel that, which I don't think they really will struggle with, you know, it's just the Niners should just win. They're just better. So, yeah. Just better all around. It'd be lucky if Daniel Jones maybe gets a rushing score. Giants maybe get a field goal or two like early on, but Niners are going to clamp down pretty solid. They're going to run the ball over the ball all over them and they're going to have convert a million first downs and they're just going to control the clock and it's going to be pretty easy. Yeah. All right. Easy calls from us. Uh, we'll see if we go three and zero on the picks for Thursday night this year. I'm feeling, I'm feeling there. We could have a uh, 72 dolphins on our hands or whatever that year was. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. But really let's go. Sneak. It's, it's been, yeah, we gotta Thanks go. everyone it's been, for it's been like three hours. <laughs> I appreciate your your support of us. We hope you enjoyed it. Good luck in week three, everybody. Good luck in week three. Love you. See you on the other side. Bye. try we'll try we're always we're always willing to put in the the effort